Welcome back in. Excited to talk to our next guest, the new coach of University of Men- University of Utah men's basketball, Craig Smith, uh, who obviously was at Utah State. You're on the DJ and PK show, Craig. Only DJ is out. PK is sitting in. That's me. You're joining us uh, with Gordon Monson. He writes for the Tribune, is also the uh, afternoon host from 2 to 6. Good morning, Craig. How the heck are you? I'm doing great, PK and Gordon. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Now, my thought is my I have voice to... sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we're, we're sort of used to that, though. I mean, that's who you are, that raspy voice uh, in the three years we've been following you. Hello? Is he there, Yuck? I've never heard that noise before. Uh, All right. Something happened with Craig Smith. Uh, I'm excited for him, Gordon. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, like we talked about with Tim. Uh, Craig Smith is has been successful everywhere he's gone. He's very enthusiastic. Uh, the fan. He's the kind of guy I think the fans can get around as long as he wins, and he knows right. that. And winning is the ultimate. You can. Majerus wasn't exactly a model of enthusiasm. But he won, and you were there. I was there. I was working for the Watchdog at the time, and the place was packed. It was a place to be uh, on Thursday nights. You know, back in the day, they played Thursday nights, Saturdays, and a lot of Mondays because they were Utah was a great attraction with the big Mondays. And to to see what the program has become, I, I sort of have a vested interest in it. I mean, obviously, I didn't grow up a Utah fan. I didn't live in Utah until I took the job back in 1993. I'd only driven through the state, for that matter. Never really spent some time here uh, until I got the opportunity to work here. And obviously, it's been my home now for 27 years. The rest but, is history. Yeah. But I, I feel like I have a, a sense of ownership in the Utah program to an when extent. You go up to the, when you go up to the Huntsman Center these days or in recent years, isn't it a weird feeling considering the way it used to be up there? I mean, the place was uh, pretty full. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and now, now it uh, it seems like it's uh, withered a bit. Craig, uh, you're back with us. You're talking a couple OGs. I mean, we've been in this market since the early '90s. I used to work for the Tribune, and my first assignment was University of Men, University of Utah Men's Basketball. So I was there on a day to day basis in the '90s. And you talk about I listened to your uh, press conference on Saturday. That thing was packed, and it was a place to be. Majors had it going on. The just to, in, in my mind, I, I don't think it's going to take much. It's going to take work, but I believe that there is a fan base there that will flock to the program, not if, but when you start winning. How much of that did you know as far as the history and was enticing to you as one of the reasons you took the job? Oh, it's a huge reason. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a history guy. I, I pay a lot of attention to tradition. And, and you know, coming up through the ranks, I've, wor- uh, I've worked up places where there's not much tradition and, and the fan base can be, you know, apathetic. And then I've, I've worked up a few places where there's a rich tradition and, and the fan base is just craving a winner. And it's my job as the head coach to go out and create a brand of basketball that is exciting, right? It's uh, ha- that has high-level players, 
um, and, and, and good quality, right? Meaning, you know, playing a Gata style where we're going to play super hard, be the first on the floor, right? Make all the tough guy plays, but yet have efficient offense and fluid offense and a style and a brand that's enjoyable to watch. The last five years that I've been a head coach, we've been in the top 20 in assists in the country, including last year at Utah State, we were in number nine. And so uh, I think, you know, this state, right, our fan base is incredibly knowledgeable. They understand great basketball, and it's been proven time and time again. And when I was a young coach, I think I was 24, 25, I was at my second Final Four, uh, went to my first national championship game. Well, guess who that was? Utah against Kentucky. And I just, I was, of course, I was a young coach. I had nosebleed seats, uh, but I was happy to be there. And after the game, the side I was sitting on is the side that the University of Utah walked off the floor. And, of course, everybody was dejected. But it just hit me, like, this is how you build a team, right? The way they had that team built. And, of course, they had great coaching with Coach Majerus. But I know that really good players make coaches look really, really smart. And, and it was a defining moment in my life. And I said, this is what I want to do. And, you know, I worked at every level. Um, quite a few years ago, I coached in the NAI National Championship game. And, um, and now we want to experience that at this level and get youth basketball where, back where it belongs. Craig, one thing that you said at your opening press conference there that really stood out to me was when you were asked about the strengthening the schedule and obviously the Utes play in the Pac-12, and that's all good. But you seem to be enthusiastic about adding quality opponents from start to finish, or I don't know, every game, but a, a lot of games that way. And it reminded me of what Denny Crum used to do at Louisville back, way back in the day when he used to play all kinds of tough teams, and his team might lose early on, but he thought it helped prepare them for the postseason. Is that is that kind of what's in your head? Yeah, uh, I'm a huge believer in bring on the competition. Like, I, I just firmly believe to be the best, you got to play the best and beat the best. And when you play high-level competition and non-conference play, like, you get a taste of what league play is going to be like. You get a true taste of what your team is, right, and how we can grow and develop and get better. And so and – then, and then the NCAA – tournament committee has made it very very clear right what you need to do and so i like to tell a story our first year you know when we first got hired at utah state we were projected to be number nine in the conference and we had a mass exodus of players i mean kobe McEwen left he was a second team all league guy we had we had i don't know five six guys leave and that was what three four years ago where still people left but not maybe as prevalent as it is this year and so but i didn't care so we were playing in an MTE in Las Vegas. Arizona State was in it, Mississippi State, St. Mary's, and Utah State. We were kind of the, <laughs> that other team, right, where people thought, well, at least we'll get one win. And the tournament organizers said, hey, we got a lower-level tournament. We can put you in. I said, no. Like, we want to play the best. And, and we stayed in it, and we, you know, we lost a tight game in Arizona State. We beat St. Mary's handily. So I think it's so important to get your net ranking where it needs to be, to get your strength of schedule where it needs to be. In our last three years at Utah State, our lowest net ranking in those three years was 42. And so uh, we value that. We crave that. 
and that'll be something we bring to the University of Utah. Greg Smith joining us, new hoops coach at Utah. So uh, in conversations that I've had with folks uh, as far as what was leading up to the situation, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, but it seemed like uh, there was some indication uh, earlier on Friday that it wasn't going to be a marriage between you and the Utes. And then later on into the evening, obviously you ended up taking the job. I don't know how much you want to disclose but what was uh, the differences? What were they going on? Going, what was going on there that maybe some people had the impression earlier in the day you weren't going to take the job, and then obviously you end up taking it? Uh, well, I'm not sure. I guess in terms of impressions or anything like that. Obviously, things happen quick, and and I'm here, and, and it's a it's a life comes at you fast. That's that's yeah. for sure. And so, um, it, you know, just going through that whole thing uh, and getting to know Mark. And, and doing my research, you know, Mark, just like they do research on their potential candidates, I just, his vision for running youth basketball really aligned with what I believe uh, it takes to, to run a successful program in every way, shape, and form, whether it's recruiting, your style, uh, connectivity to the community, and, and the players that have led the way, and the, and the former coaches, and so, and I could go on and on, but uh, it just uh, our visions are aligned, uh, and, and of course we're doing our best to build a team for this year to be competitive, but also build a program for the long haul. And um, you know it's been a whirlwind over the last what 72 hours, or I guess maybe a little bit more than that now, and uh, and it's been fast and furious with with the transfer portal, recruiting guys, obviously trying to build a staff, and and doing whatever I can to promote. Um, this unbelievable program. You mentioned, Craig, the transfer portal there. Larry had difficulty, and maybe a lot of coaches have difficulty these days, keeping players in the program. Uh, some of the players who are, have indicated maybe they'll leave Utah, maybe they'll stay, uncertain at this point. One, are you going to have a good shot at keeping some of those players in the program? And secondly, uh, what's your philosophy about that? Uh, what can be done to, to, to keep the major players that you're looking for over the next number of years? Yeah, I mean, you know, the transfer portal is, you know, transferring is uh, a part of our game now, right? Whether it's football, basketball, um, and it has been for the last, I don't know, three to five years. You know, the last few years, you know, I think last year around a 1,000 um, student-athletes went in the portal, which if you equate that out, that's roughly on average three men's basketball players transfer out of their program per year. That's just the average. And so it's a big part of the game. And, you know, us philosophically, you know, well, going back, first of all, we've been very fortunate at Utah State and at University of South Dakota not to have too many um, guys leave our program. Uh, and I think that's an indication of how we do things. I think it's an indication of building trust, having a plan in place to when we bring these guys in to, to grow their game, how they're going to fit into our program. You know, looking at our depth chart closely, I'm not big into recruiting guys and selling them sunshine. Right? I want them to know exactly what they're getting into from a culture standpoint, from a, a community standpoint. Like, you know, not everybody's going to thrive in Salt Lake City, but some people are going to have tremendous growth 
in development in Salt Lake City and in our program. So beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So I think having great relationships with your players, having a plan, holding them accountable, and then utilizing the portal in the right way in terms of recruiting, right? It's almost like, in a weird way, it's kind of like NBA free agency, right? Like, oh, we got a need right here. We need to get more experience, more of a veteran guy than maybe a high school kid can do. So we've had success all the way around. Predominantly, we recruit high school kids, but we've had very good success with transfers and with a few junior college kids, too. So you just got to look under rocks, find the right people, and then utilize that um, to our program's advantage that way. You know, this year, it's hard. It's hard for those players from last year's team that are in the program. They don't know me. Right? They don't know any of our staff that will hire. Well, they could, I guess, but you never know. Um, and so it's hard. You've got to build a lot of trust in a short amount of time. And, but we've been down this road before. So almost three years ago to the day, uh, you know, got hired at Utah State, and all these guys are looking at me because I'm, you know, I like to talk and I'm kind of boisterous and, like, this guy's crazy. But you sit down with them, and like I said, a few leave. A guy like Sam Merrill, who was recruited by Duke and you name it, said, I am staying, and we are going to build this thing, and we are going to get Aggie basketball back where it belongs. And fortunately us, we had three amazing years. For sure you did. There's no question about that. Your record speaks for itself. Craig Smith, new Utah basketball coach, joining us. You speak of your staff. I don't know what you're able to say right now. There's been a couple of reports of Slocum coming back, Peterson coming with you. You've got two guys on the, who are on Larry's staff, who have sons on the team, Martinez and Jones, uh, I would think there would be a possibility of those guys leaving if you did not retain them. What can you say about all that situation? Well, I can't comment specifically yet, um, but you guys do your homework. And so, uh, you know, I'm, ex- I'm really excited to build our staff. Obviously, you know, we're going to do this thing right. And we're looking for coaches that are, are very well-rounded. they got to be able to recruit. Recruiting is your lifeline. We all know that. I alluded to it earlier. You know, really good players make coaches look really smart. And we have a, a tremendous job as a coach to put players in the right place, to help them grow their game and teach and develop and do all that. Uh, but those guys are out there making the plays, right? They're the ones making the threes. They're the ones that have to box out. They're the ones that have to sprint the floor. They're the ones that have to communicate while they're on the floor. And so you better find the right guys. You know, we look for guys that have character, toughness, guys that know how to play, guys that are gym rats. And I could go on and on, but the, the coaches, you know, we're going to find guys that have strengths recruiting in various parts of the country. we got to have a great presence on the West Coast. Obviously, have to have a great presence in Utah and, and get the best players in the state. And so, uh, and then I want guys that can really coach and have high energy and have great character and take the role personally on helping young men, 18-year-old men, develop into men when they leave this program. And, you know, we're not going to settle for second best, and we're going to go out in quality, high, high-character um, coaches to come in here because this place is literally incredible. The resources that we have and the things that we can, so, quote-unquote, showcase, you know, there's nothing we don't have. So now we just got to go to work and get the guys in the program that want to make it happen. You know, so we're slowly building this thing with our coaching staff. Um, um, but I feel a lot more, you know, I think by the end of next week, we'll have a lot more pieces in place. Okay. 
So, Craig, uh, a two-part question for you. The first one is you've already covered a lot of this, but if you were going to circle the number one priority for you at Utah to make that program successful, what would it be? Because you've you've had success everywhere you've gone, and some of these places you've been, no offense to you, but a lot of people haven't heard of some of those places, and yet you've been <laughs> able to, to climb through this thing. So what is the number one thing you want at Utah? And my second part of the question is, how in the world did you put up with Scotty Gerard up there at Utah State for three years? <laughs> But Scott, he's such a pain in the you-know-what. He sent me such a that, – that we had a great connection from the get-go. It might have been our haircuts that we just kind of <laughs> like, yeah, I'm challenged, you're challenged, uh, let, let's bond. And uh, we had so much fun together on our weekly radio show and, you know, of course, the pregame shows and uh, and then the postgame shows. We really had fun, especially when we, when we won. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's been a – a wild, what, four days, five days. This is day five. Um, and last night, I, I finally, I just, and I've been thinking about this, but I just haven't been able to put some things into words, you know, to thank the Aggie community and our time at Utah State. And there's just a bunch of memories that come back. And one of the memories that came flooding back to me was my time with Scotty. Like, I literally look forward to that radio show every Monday. And I love one of my favorite things, and I can't tell you the number of emails uh, that I've had, especially since I've left. Uh, they're not all negative, but uh, where I'm, I'm going to miss the post-game radio shows uh, on their drive home. And like I, I literally couldn't wait to do those. And fortunately, won a lot of games, so it made it a lot more enjoyable. You know, I don't know if I can pinpoint one. I mean, in the in the immediate. Like I obviously we have to get our staff together, but we have to build great relationships with our current players. And re- relationships don't happen just by snapping your finger. Um, it's hard. You're, you're 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 showing them or trying to explain to them what we've always done, and they're kind of looking at you like, "Why should I believe you?" And I get what they're saying because I've been down this road everywhere I've been, uh, taking over a program that has struggled a little bit under 500 sometimes well below 500 and, and flip it around. So um, uh, recruiting is obviously just humongous uh, in the short term and in the long term and not just recruiting talent. You just, you got to get the right guys. You know, the movie miracle with Herb Brooks, right? And, and Herb Brooks says to Craig, the assistant, we're not looking for the best ones. We're looking for the right ones. And, and it's a fine line. In building your team, we have a formula for building our team and what we look for. And we got some work to do in that area. And then lastly, and this certainly is at least, I view this as one of my the top priorities, is to generate enthusiasm, show our fan base what we're going to do. We have such knowledgeable fans that our fans will appreciate playing the game the right way, playing unselfish, playing together, having connectivity with the community, and get people excited to support it. And, and when you have a great home court advantage, that directly impacts winning. And I know we're going to build that up and make this place an incredibly difficult place to play. So, Craig, I don't know if this happened. You can answer this. Riley Batten decided he was going to come back after putting his name in the portal. So I want to know, did you, have, did you already re-recruit him, and what do you think about Allen? Because if you want to be successful next season, obviously getting Allen back in the program uh, would go a long way to, towards that. I mean, are you, 
How are you re-recruiting him? And if did you re-recruit already Batten? Well, you, you, you know, that's a great question. And, and certainly I've met with, with uh, every, almost every player. I got like two guys left today. Um, but I had great talks with a lot of guys. And, you know, and you just sell your vision, so to speak. But, you know, that's, I think, a big part of retaining of retention and having that plan. And you're always recruiting the guys in your program. And, you know, I always say you're always recruiting. But that's, that's relationships and communication. And this is what you got to do to get on the floor. And these are the things you got to do. So, yeah, uh, I mean, had a great meeting with Riley yesterday. And, and uh, he was on the practice floor, and, and he looked really, really good. I mean, tremendous energy, shot it really well, has a great voice and a big motor. And does he got to get better? Yeah, but he knows that. And, you know, with the rest of the guys, you're, just, you're communicating your vision, what you need to do. But the bottom line is, guys, if guys don't want to be here, and they're not bought in to what running youth basketball is, if they're not bought in to how we're going to do things and play, then, then we wish them the best of luck elsewhere because we have so many great things going on here, and we're not going to settle for second best. You know? So, you know, it's like, uh, right, try, you build trust. Trust is like pregnancy. Either you're pregnant or you're not. You either trust somebody or you don't. Right? There's no, you know, there's no in between that way. So, we're, we're, we're working hard that way, trying to show our vision of what we do. I thought it was great to be back on the floor, getting to see what these guys can do on the floor and start somewhat implementing, you know, what we like to do. So we're big into skill development, and it was nice to see some of the things that we could do at this point. Craig, you said you don't want to settle for second best. The Utes have never won the Pac-12 title. Obviously, you want to win. I get that. But is that your expe- expectation? To do to go to a place that the Utes haven't gone over the past decade. Absolutely, our goal every year is to get get to the well. And they've been to the NCAA tournament. Uh, had a Sweet 16 run, you know, uh, did that whole deal, and and that's our goal every year. We said the same thing at Utah State, said the, said the same thing at South Dakota, said the same thing at Mayville. You know, Mayville took over a program, and most people have never heard of Mayville, uh, and I understand that, but. They had won one game. In our first year, we get to the year before we got hired, they won one game. Our first year goes to the national tournament. Second year, win 27 games, go to the lead eight. Third year, play in the national championship. South Dakota, year three, um, win the regular season championship. Year four, uh, win 26 games, which is the most in the history of South Dakota in Division One. Second most in, in the history of the school. And then Utah State, you know, first year, project the ninth. We win the regular season title win the conference tournament championship, go to the NCAA tournament, finish the regular season 25th in the country. And then we go to three straight NCAA tournaments. And you know what? It's always a joke when you talk about it until you do it. And I don't know what the future holds, but I know what our standards are, and I know what our expectations are. And is it going to take a lot of work? You're dang right it is. Is it going to take a major commitment to make this happen from our administrators, administration, our coaching staff, and our players? Yeah, but that's why we're here. And I've never understood the logic of, you know, not doing everything you can to be the best. And I've never understood the, the, the logic of not putting high expectations on yourself. Because, you know what, it's a funny thing in life. Uh, when you do that, often that when you don't accept anything but the best, very often, that's what you get. I think Before that I let you go. Did you write that down? Yeah, that was, that was, that was deep. 
There's no question. I, I can remember when Utah was in the first conference tournament. I'm down in Vegas, first conference tournament in the Pac-12, I should say. I was there for since '93 with the uh, in the Mountain West and WAC. But the first tournament in the Pac-12, obviously uh, Larry had a massive rebuilding job. And that first year, I'm in the MGM, I'm in the media room, and I'm talking to Pac-12 people, and they tell me, yeah, we're very much worried about Utah because we know they're going to come back because they have an incredible fan base. This fan base is incredible. I saw it firsthand traveling with them on the road all those years. The Final Four, I was there in the Alamo Dome also at San Antonio. I know of what you speak. So the fan base, they want to love this program. Just as recently as yesterday, two guys I ran into in their 70s, and they wanted to talk to me about Utah basketball. So they want to come back. As far as you, winning will bring them back, but you can't win until uh, next fall at the earliest, obviously. What are you going to do in the meantime to get that fan base back into that Huntsman Center? Because I know and you know that they're there. Well, I'm going to do everything. Uh, me personally, I'm going to do everything I can in terms of you know, interviews, getting myself to service clubs, and meet, just touch the senses of as many people as I can and get them excited, right? And 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 show our passion and our energy. Uh, and I'll do the same with our coaching staff. And obviously, I want our our uh, players out in the community as much as possible. It's a tougher time now in that respect with COVID and all that that entails. And of course, now we're heading into the summer, so it's harder for our, for our student-athletes that way. But, you know, like we told our guys when we got hired at Utah State, and I told our guys on Saturday when, it, when I met with the team, like, winning is important to create excitement. No question. We all know that. Uh, but I also think that because of the knowledge of our fan base and our passion of our fan base, they understand quality basketball like they understand an exciting brand and they'll always respect you if you play the right way if you play unselfish if you share the ball if you move without the ball you know if you don't just catch and dribble 15 times before you go make the play and then if you're going to guard hard and play discipline and play with enthusiasm passion and joy and if you do that I know our fan base will back them and support them, and 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 then and that helps the winning piece. So we already know we got to win that way, but we're going to do everything we can, work our hands to the bone, to get out and create enthusiasm and excitement, and bring this thing back. And that's what was cool at Utah State. Like our first game, we probably had five thousand fans, and then the next game we had a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and it just kept building every night out. And, and then the other piece with that, guys, is scheduling. When you schedule good teams, when you schedule good competition, and you bring those teams right to our place, like that creates excitement. When you schedule the Utah, you know, the other, what, seven Division One schools in Utah, I'm a big believer in playing those games. Now, obviously, you can't play everybody every year, but playing those teams, I think, matters. And it brings the state together. And it just creates that banter and dialogue back and forth. And um, so it's a bit all-encompassing from that respect. Someone was telling us, Craig, that you get, you get uh, a bonus if you, uh, depending upon what the attendance is at games. Uh, that's what we were told. Uh, and uh, is that true? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I honestly, I know you're probably thinking like, there's no way you don't know. I literally, guys, have no idea. I haven't even. I talked to my agent and did that whole thing. They sent the email. I signed it. I didn't even look at it. I trust my agent. I coach because I love to coach. Now it's easy for me to say. I'm. I know I'm getting paid well. I'm never in my wildest dreams <laughs> that I could I imagine that. I coach. I'm the guy that coached for a thousand dollars a year. I, I grew up with no money. Right. I mean, we were, we were Pell Grant kids and food stamp, like, you know, all that stuff. So I've never, I've never, I've always believed money's never made a man rich. And I don't look at bonuses. I don't know what my dental, dental insurance is or any of that stuff. I love to coach. I'm so pumped to be here. And I will find that out though, because that would be kind of cool. But <laughs> I, I actually have no, I, I literally have no idea. I don't. Um, and and my agent <laughs> represents some other guys. I haven't watched it. We lost to Texas Tech, and I'm a sore loser now. And I haven't watched one NCAA tournament game since since we lost to Texas Tech because I'm still a little PO'd uh, yeah. about that. Now I might watch some of the Final Four games. Um, but we'll see what happens. So I'll find that out for you guys and let you know. <laughs> I bet your wife knows. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you might be right about that, but I have no idea. I haven't shown. I got the email with the finalized contract, but I, I, I just haven't looked at it. I'm not sure if she knows, actually. Okay. Well, Coach, we wish you nothing but the best of success in resurrecting that program, and thanks for coming on this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. Go Utes! All right, there it is. The new coach of University of Utah men's basketball, Craig Smith. Gordon, I know we got to go to break, uh, but I think that it was a good hire. I'm excited to see what he can do, uh, not just because of the enthusiasm. You can have all the enthusiasm you want, but I'm most excited about the winning that he did in Logan. And the Mountain yeah. West Conference is a decent basketball conference for sure. I've always felt that you know there might be a big gap in football, between the Mountain West and the Pac-12. But I don't think the gap is nearly as big in basketball. And obviously you don't need as many players. So I'm excited for what he can do. I think Mark Harlan made a good hire, and, and time will tell on that. But as I say, I, I think he'll do good things. Yeah, we'll see what kind of athlete he recruits uh, to Utah. But one thing's for sure, his track record is getting everything yeah. possible out of his players that he does yeah. have. So I don't we'll think see. we can argue that. Okay, we'll yeah. catch you up to date what we've been talking about this morning. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Joining us now, he covers youth basketball as well as BYU football for the Deseret News. He's our friend Jay Drew. Give us kind of the basics of Craig Smith's contract. The base salary is 1.85, and then he's got a bunch of perks, vacation money for his family and tuition for his kids, country club membership, use of a car, and things like that. The one interesting thing, he has incentives based on gate receipts. I've never seen that in a coaching contract before, but you know, you would think that would be incentive for him to beef up the schedule. I think people would rather see him play oh, I don't know, Utah State instead of Stony Brook. And if he does schedule that, it could put money in his pocket. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Okay, man, getting you caught up on what you may have missed. But before we do that, I know we're supposed to do feedback next, Gordon, but I just got a tweet from some dude. PK just pulled a Brian Williams. He was at the MGM in Vegas when the Pac-12 tourney was at Staples. No, it wasn't, you freaking idiot. <laughs> oh, boy. I was there. 
it, the Pac-12, since the Utes have been in the Pac-12 tournament, it was at the MGM, and then it moved across the street to T-Mobile. <laughs> That's the only two places they've had the Pac-12 tournament since the conference has been to 12 teams. You freaking fool. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> How dare you challenge PK's veracity? I remember specifically as you're going into the MGM, you go to the left to get your credentials. And I remember specifically speaking with some Pac-12 guys that I knew from over the years, administrators, and they were telling me how they believe Utah is going to get it back and get it back quick because it basketball matters. It matters at the U of U more than it matters at some other places. I remember exactly where I was. It was the MGM. Man, Gordon, you wanted to cuss earlier because somebody <laughs> accused you of having BYU gear. Now this guy, and maybe you do or don't. I, don't, I haven't looked in your closets. I've never been deep in the uh, recesses of your estate. But I know I was in the MGM hotel. <laughs> You're not making that stuff up, man. Hashtag tell fake it. news. Yeah, just tell, tell a story and just make up the times and places and uh, uh, you think I would have remembered if I was in Staples Center? You've now I did cover a Pac-10 tournament way back when, when it was at the Forum. <laughs> you freaking a, fool! That was like 1988. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with PK. Don't mess oh. with him on this stuff. Come on. And he tweets Utah men's basketball. He tagged them too. <laughs> so he's wrong on two fronts not only do you look stupid to me and our <laughs> listeners you look stupid to utah basketball <laughs> wherever the hell you are you better apologize <laughs> i love the requirement Jeez. of an apology yeah, body bag him, why don't you? well you accuse me of making stuff up brian williams Fair what was point. he in vietnam but he wasn't in vietnam what was i <laughs> I don't know that Fisher's story. Iraq or something like that. Was it? Was it more recent? Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't pay attention. MSNBC is not on my watch list. My family's watch list, but not mine. PK, when when uh, when Craig Smith was talking about his upbringing, I thought, oh man, look, PK and Craig Smith have a connection already. You know, I just you know. <laughs> That was funny. He came up hard scrabble and made something, and that's the way uh, he's uh, he's been ever since, uh, working his tail off to see success because nothing was given to him. Yeah, and I think that's the way it has to be. I think those guys appreciate it, and I found it. I believe him that he doesn't know the finer details of his contract, actually. That maybe sounds like a stretch, but you were talking about, and you just played the promo from Jay Drew, who was with the Deseret News now, a longtime uh, colleague of ours when both, all three of us worked at uh, the Tribune, and I've moved on and he's moved on. Uh, but obviously he looked at the contract. And, yeah, that, that's actually a smart thing in there to, to, to put uh, a little thing in as far as getting attendance back because that Huntsman Center, when it's going on, and, and we've been there when it's going on, uh, it is fine a place. And I've been to all of these arenas in the Mountain West and in the Pac-12. And, and you know, Arizona's got a nice one. But Arizona's got a lot of just snowbirds and their old-time 
if you look at their, what you can see on television, it's a lot of the old people who use it as an activity to go. The Utes can have a great student section, and it can be, it can be a great, great environment. And it's not like, I was thinking about this. People talking about this, about this Jazz, Gordon. They play Memphis tonight, and Donovan Mitchell's not going to play. He was on the plane, apparently, when they had uh, the bird issue and had to land and take off again, and then he didn't get back on the plane. I honestly don't know what's going on there. I'm sure, to a degree, some of it will come out, but the Jazz got to play without Donovan Mitchell tonight. And from a stamp, fan standpoint, that stinks, because I sure like watching the young fellow play. He's dynamic, and he's got it going on. We were talking about this yesterday. He's now got the confidence to where it's, it's, it's bordering on cockiness, which I think is a great thing. I think all the great ones have that confidence, that oh, like it goes over the barrier of confidence and comes to cockiness, and I'm all for it as long as it's channeled in the right way. But to talk about the Jazz getting the number one seed, well, and they always bring up home court. Well, home court, to me, just isn't exclusively the fans. That's not necessarily what it's about. You look at, think about the number of shots that these guys have put up in their home arena. It's literally thousands more than what they've put up in the other arenas. So it's not just the fact that you have one more home game than them, but the fact that you could play four games and shoot in an arena which you are intimately comfortable in, far more so than the road arenas. That's what I think is a big deal about the home court. Yeah, the familiarity. Yeah. Man, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. We can talk about this more uh, later. But uh, it's it's the confidence, but it's also the know-how. He understands now how to play the game and what his role is as a leader of the team and what he needs to do to help and, and to interpret what his team needs at any given moment. Uh, and, and he's just gotten better. I mean, he's gotten better and he knows it. That's where the confidence comes from, man. How many football coaches have you talked to through the years who say, if you work the hardest, then you can be confident that you're going to win? You know, and he he has worked very hard to refine his game. Remember earlier he was less efficient, yeah. and he was a little confused at times. Not anymore. No, not at all. He's only twenty four. Uh, good things ahead for him and for the Jazz. That's for sure. All right, we'll wrap up the show next. Stay with us. Ninety seven five twelve eighty the zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Is this this Ice Cube? Yak? Who's this? This is Ice Cube. Ice Cube, Gordon, you big Ice Cube guy? I like him in movies. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about Ice Cube. He went to the same high school, Washington and South Central, where my wife taught at for nearly a decade. Was he there as a student when she was teaching? Right before. Huh. Yes, it was just uh, just a few years uh, later. She got the job and became the varsity soft. No, was it uh, not softball? It was volleyball and tennis. Oh. Yeah. yeah. She was the white shadow, if you know what I mean there. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what she was known as? No. No, that, no, no one called her that. I think that's just you, you call the men's coaches that. Although I think she was the only Caucasian coach, and the school was 90% African-American, 10% Hispanic. Uh, and uh, there were wonderful people there, that's for sure. They they took very good care of her. They looked out for her. Uh, and uh, so 
had a great experience there. An interesting experience, too, but also a great experience that I could write a book about. So, yeah, well, PK, you know, I, we've gone the whole show today, and you haven't mentioned that your dad was a janitor. I, I, I've been waiting for it. Why, is, waiting why does that bug it. you, Gordon? It doesn't bug me. I, I, I like it. That's why I wanted to hear it. I think I've made that known that uh, I actually may overplay that. I mean, it's not like we were scrounging for our next meal. I don't, I don't want to say that. Okay. All right. Okay. Gordon, before we go here, I had a request sent in to me to do something interesting here. I'm going to get your reaction. So here you go real quick. I hear you have a history with this song. Walking As usual, it's it's been overblown, overcooked. What? But all I said was that it wasn't my favorite song. That's all. <laughs> and so now it's become, okay, if I want to annoy Gordon, I'm going to play this song. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> and this everybody annoys you? No, it, 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 no. It's been, like I said, it's been overcooked. All I said was it's not my favorite song, but, you know, it's an upbeat song. makes people happy. I understand that. I don't hate the song. It's just not my favorite. That's all. (laughs) PK, if anyone's going to hate this song, it's PK. (laughs) Well, I'd agree with you. It's not my favorite. I can remember when the Royals won the World Series, Brett Saberhagen, he loved that tune. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Brett Saberhagen. <laughs> There's a name I haven't thought of in a long time. And the reason why I bring up Brett Saberhagen, because when he was a senior in high school, he was all L.A. City pitcher, yeah. and the all L.A. City catcher is a real good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Well, he had a great career. He played college baseball, my friend, and uh, Saberhagen did. Walking on Sunshine, for some reason, I always remember that when the Royals, because George Brett was one of my favorite players, so I followed the Royals because I loved George Brett. I thought he was awesome. But anyway, we're out of time. Gordon, thanks for sitting in. And I, every, time you, every time you sit in, it just the show just blows by. Uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm glad you said bye. Oh, just so the show just blows. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, the show goes by. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, it's always fun, PK. I yeah. mean, it's always fun. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having so, me. All right, there you go, Gordon Mon- sit, sit, Gordon Monson sitting in. We appreciate that and him doing that. We'll have Joe Ingles and Craig Bowlerjack are scheduled tomorrow. Jazz play tonight. Stay with us. We'll have the pregame show at five o'clock. Maybe get some information as to why Donovan Mitchell. Did not make the trip. Uh, the pregame before the game, they speak to the media. We'll have all that with Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe. Gordon will join Jake at 2 o'clock. Coming up next is Scants, blah, 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 Hands and Scotty. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.